Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Hiya, friends. Now, the alarm's gone off. Time to get out there and get that training run in. Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Now, if you're listening to us, like I said earlier, if you're listening to us while you're running, don't stop. Take us along with you. We're happy to be with you. We hope we make the miles go by just a little bit quicker. I'm Bob. I'm here tonight with Allie. Hi, friends. With Greg. Hey, hey, hey. With Alicia. Hello. With John. How you doing? And with Lexi. Hello. Jack is not with us tonight, but we've got a special guest. Pinch hitting for Jack tonight. We've got our friend, Holly. Hey, y'all. Hey, Holly. Glad you're here. Thanks for thanks for dropping in. We're going to talk to Holly a little more later on. She's got a specific specialty she's going to talk to us about tonight. Okay, gang, I'm going to throw this in the alibis and apologies section, but I want to bring it up to our listeners. You know, we do the race report at the end of every episode. And we also on Facebook do a running this weekend post. And we've had a file, a Facebook file that we've used literally for years now. Well, technology being what it is, we don't know, but something happened to the file and we can't get to it anymore. So with the help of a listener, we recreated the race report file. It's at the top of the Rise and Run podcast group. It's at the top of the first timers group. And I, it is as complete as we can make it, but I know we're missing some. So do us a favor, please. Pop in there. Take a look at it. It's no longer a Facebook group file. Now it's a Google Doc. It's much easier to read. But, but go through there and see. Make sure that your races are in there. If they're not, it should be editable, especially if you're on a desktop or laptop. A little bit tougher on a mobile device. But if you can't edit it, just pop a comment in and I'll edit it for you. Uh, so we want to get that one built back up. Okay, let's move on from that. Interesting show tonight. One, again, I always hope you're going to enjoy them, but uh, stick around with us. We got some interesting stuff coming up. Matt Marcella, Matt of the Team Run Disney Facebook group. Chances are pretty good you've seen that one. Matt's been doing some really cool stuff with technology, and we talk with him about it. And we actually have two race report spotlights tonight. Our friend Ruth in California is with us. And then we had to add one more. We had to add Shalene from Alaska. Stay around for that. We know you're not going to want to miss that one. Looking at training plans, how'd your seven miles go last week, guys? It's hot out there. I know it is. I know it's a drag. It's hot throughout the country, but those long runs are important. And the miles you are suffering through right now, first of all, the bad news is they're going to get longer and tougher. But the good news is 
putting in the effort now is going to make the weekends, the wine and dine, and or the marathon weekend so much more enjoyable. Now, coming up this week, we're back to a short week again. I find it a little bit odd on Jeff's schedule that if you're getting ready for the dopey or the goofy challenge, your long run is three miles this week. On the other hand, if like me, you're getting ready for just the marathon, and you have to say that, you have to say just the marathon because it's only 26 miles. It's a four-mile run this week. In either event, that's a little bit shorter, and we bounce up back again next week. The training's tough. I know it is. As our friend Laura loves to say, and I love this quote, I steal it from her all the time. If this was easy, they would call it the happy challenge, not the dopey challenge. How's your training going? Anybody got anything they'd like to talk about this week? So I actually had to double up the miles this weekend uh, in preparation for my half in a couple of weeks. So I had to do 14 uh, because Coach Twiggs is just doing that mental preparation of, you know, if you can do 14 or if you can do 16, then when you actually go to do your half marathon, eh, it's not so bad. Training went really great. Uh, got lots of cloud cover uh, for my run, which was very oh, nice lucky. and very helpful. Yeah, I, I was very blessed on that front. But I will say my interesting tidbit from this weekend is I have decided that during this dopey training cycle, I want to play with my hydration and I want to play with my fueling to find the right (laughs) combination. Yeah. Yeah. In preparation for this 14 miler, I went on Amazon and I stocked up on a few things. And the first thing that I did is I got a box of goose. And what's nice on Amazon is that, you know, you can pick and choose the flavors or whatever. So I remember one of my favorites that I had gone was uh, s'mores. And so, you know, if if you like chocolate, but like not an overwhelming sense of chocolate, it's a really, really good one. So I got a whole box of that. And, you know, I've used those in the past and they've been great. But I was like, okay, I don't want to constantly be putting goos into my system. Mm -hmm. I need something else. So I took uh, Alicia's advice and I started looking into the scratch products. Now, obviously, you know, they have all sorts of things. And I was super intrigued by they have essentially what is like a faux rice krispie treat uh, oh, yeah, that's I've used for that. fool. They have a couple of different flavors. I you know I just got like you know their standard like rice treat one or whatever they called it. And I was like, okay, this is going to be my special treat for uh, for this fourteen miler. So I saved it for like my last like you know nutrition stop. And I put that thing in my mouth, and let me tell you, it was the most dissatisfying taste and <laughs> texture that I have ever experienced Aww. before. I I finished it because I'm like, I bought a whole box of these, so yeah. I need I need to be invested <laughs> in them. But yeah. I was like, like there was barely any marshmallow in it. It was just like it was so <laughs> grainy and like the, the texture was just so odd. So I was like, okay, so I finished that and I'm like, okay, thankfully I had an extra s'mores goo with me. So I, I popped that in there to, to help, w- you know, get rid of the taste or whatever. But then I realized that going into this, what I had in my hydration vest was my new f- flavor that I wanted to try of liquid IV, which was pineapple yuzu. So, <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, 
So pineapple yuzu combined with s'mores and Rice Krispie (laughs) treats, not necessarily one of the best combinations. Greg, Greg, Greg. I know, I know, I I I know. I think you need to work on your palate just a little bit. Well, so here's the one thing that I thought about was, you know how, you know, the real big thing with breweries right now is like, oh, we do the the pairings between the craft beers and like the Girl Scout cookies. (laughs) Uh I think we need to come up with a, a, a new system of pairings pairing hydration flavors you know whether it's gatorade or tailwind or liquid iv and matching that with goose to see what is the right perfect combination so listeners if you have any ideas shoot them our way whether it be on instagram or facebook or whatever but yeah not 100 sold on the s'more and yuzu pineapple but um but outside of that it was a great 14 miler i've got a question what's a yuzu Yuzu is a Japanese fruit. Okay. Yeah, so it, it's become very, very popular in cooking um, recently here in the States. Yeah, but it is uh, a fruit from Japan. Okay. You, you, Greg, you reminded me of something, talking about all those, uh, what, the Rice Krispie things that you bought and then you're going to be left over. My buddy Mandy swears by Uncrustables, the peanut mm. butter and jelly Yep, sandwiches. I've done that, and those are fantastic. And actually, I think I might go back to those because... Yeah, those scratch rice crispy treats, and, then, and I'm sure there goes a potential sponsorship out the window. So my apologies <laughs> to scratch. I still but. genuinely love their hydration, but I have tried their chews, and I don't love the texture. So maybe, maybe the the actual like eating of their items aren't the greatest, but their hydration is good. Good. I'll, well, I was going to say, Greg, I'll bring you the rest of my box of Uncrustables. It's not that I don't like them; they're fine. But they don't suit me on a run. I, I no. All right, just just bring them up with you. Actually, we'll make a swap. When you come up for Bird in Hand, I'll give <laughs> yeah. you my box of scratch, and you give me your Uncrustables, and we'll call it a day. It's a deal. It's a deal. All right, <laughs> that was good, Greg. What else is going on with training? Anybody else got anything they'd like to talk about? Why well, tried something new this week? Um, okay, Holly, what you got? Listening to podcasts has never been my thing running. I've always needed that time to just clear my brain and have my own thoughts. But uh, I decided to try the podcast out. I actually yeah. went for Rise and Run. Yeah. I, I listen to it usually just at my house, but I decided to do it on my run. And next thing you know, I was five miles in and flying through. So, well, that's awesome. The checks you in know. the mail, Holly. i mean really that's what we're aiming for and we're totally delighted to hear that how strange is it going to be next week when you got your headsets on and you hear yourself it's going to be really weird (laughs) (laughs) oh and you know i'm sorry listeners i failed to point this out that we can see one another here you're missing out on the fact that holly God bless her. You got to give her credit for that. Shows up for the podcast dressed as Maleficent. How cool is that, huh? Nicely done, Holly. Yeah, so I had an interesting run this morning. So I I went out this morning, and I know I just felt, I mean, I'm going like a dog. But I I wasn't paying attention to my watch, which was probably a good thing. Uh, Then I get done with it. I'm like, wow, this was faster than I really thought I was actually going. I'm like, I thought it was a bad run. And then all of a sudden you look at the stats, you're like, wow, this was actually pretty good. I think it's funny how often that happens. Yeah. Yeah. We don't realize it. And sometimes just the opposite happens too. Oh, 
Yeah, you think you're going, oh, I'm doing great. Then you yeah. go, what the heck just happened? <laughs> there, there are days where I wish I could figure out why I feel as good as I do. Because I'd bottle it or I'd do it over and over again. But I've never, it's very, very rare that I can put two and two together. A lot of times I can figure out why I don't feel good. But it's it's tough to know sometimes why I do feel good. Talking training, I'm still, I'm, I'm, coming, I'm coming around. I'm pretty happy. Uh, I'm doing walking cadence drills when I start out on my Tuesday walks. I'm doing two days on the road, two days in the pool. Kind of helped to save my legs a little bit. So that's working out well for me. Uh, well, I hit those cadence drills really, 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 really hard. Uh, almost, I'm still walking, but I'm putting forth the kind of effort that you would in a sprint. So I'm doing like seven 30 second sprints. It's, it's kind of like hit training, high intensity interval training. And by, I was telling Coach Twiggs this morning that by the time I finished seven of those, and then I switched the watch and the gym boss over to a run walk interval. And I start the run, I feel, oh, good, this is a lot easier. But on the topic of walking, I've been saying I'm going to do this for a couple of weeks. Let's talk a little bit about some ways you can increase your walking speed. Now, kind of break this down into two parts. You can increase your walking speed during the run, walk, run part. And I think the best ways to do that are to go ahead, go on Jeff Galloway's site, see what he has to say, download the Disney training guide. It talks about acceleration gliders. It talks about cadence drills. You can do cadence drills running and walking. But if you want to pick up your speed there, I think that's the best way to do it. I want to talk about picking up walking speed just in general. And I'm going to ask my friend Holly. Holly, what are some of the walking mile times that you've been able to do? So generally, if I'm walking long distances, it's about 13 minutes um, a mile. Yeah. Give or take here and there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's outstanding. And um, I'm just going to chime in just just to put things into perspective, because I'll see people ask if you can walk the entire dopey. Yes. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I did it last year. You can walk the entire dopey. I walked the Space Coast Marathon last year. I finished in, I don't remember exactly. I remember the pace per mile. Pace per mile was 14 minutes, 14 seconds. Easy numbers to remember. I, I, I have a couple of easy numbers to remember. Uh, I was like 6.17 for the marathon. Uh, I walked Jeff Galloway's half marathon last year. Again, pace was an easy number to remember. 12.34, one, two, three, four. Uh, that's like a 247 half or something like that. And I walked all those steps. Question I get all the time is how do you do it? Holly, jump in anytime here. Okay. Cause we're talking the same language, but I want to try and pass on tips that will help the average person, not, not to get to 12 and a half minutes a mile, but maybe to get to 15 minutes a mile walking pace. That's, that's achievable for most people. The first thing I noticed to be able to increase your speed, and this almost sounds backwards, is to shorten your stride. Allow me to draw an analogy. Back in the, and I like that I didn't look this up because listeners can correct me if I'm wrong. Back in the 70s, I think it was, there were 
two movies came out about the same time. And yes, I'm going somewhere with this. Cannonball Run and the Gumball Rally. Now, that's a little before the times of most of the people here, but the idea was they were outlaw races across the country. The two movies came out at about the same time. Gumball Rally, I saw it first. I don't remember who was in it. Uh, And then Cannonball Run came out with Burt Reynolds and all his buddies. The funny thing is one went from New York to L.A., the other one from L.A. to New York. It would have been kind of neat if they had, like, crashed into each other in Illinois or something. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, here's where I'm going with that. In one of these movies at the start of it, they get into an Italian sports car. There's an Italian driver, two drivers per car. The guy reaches up, grabs the rearview mirror, tosses it out from behind the convertible, and says, what's behind us is not important. I'm about to tell you that when you're walking, and even running to an extent, what's in front of you is not important. Think about this. If I put you on roller skates, and yeah, I saw Allie perk up there all of a sudden. If I put you on roller skates, and I get behind you, and I give you two canes, two crutches, two sticks or something, and I give you a push, and I tell you, use those sticks to stop, what are you going to do with them? You're going to put them out in front of you, right? If you overstride, if you put your front leg out in front of you, you're doing the same thing. You're putting the brakes on. You're not only increasing your risk for injury, but you're basically putting the brakes on. Now, you have to be, you have to come out in front a little bit because your momentum, otherwise, if you stayed at, like at the level of your hips, you're going to fall forward. But you've got to, uh, you, you want to shorten the length of your stride, especially in front of you because all of what's in front of you what's behind you is not important in that race what's behind you in walking and running is everything that's where all the power that's where all the speed comes from so number one we want to increase your cadence the best way to increase your cadence is to shorten your stride i've, I've got a book on competitive walking by a coach named dave mcgovern he, he did a study, he cites a study that was done in England. Only two things affect how fast you move forward. One is your cadence, how fast you turn your legs over. The other is the length of your stride. So all things being equal, being a very tall person, if I can maintain the same cadence as you, I'm going to walk faster. But Holly, Holly's got to be really turning over quick. She's got to, have you ever... Check your cadence, Holly, to see how fast you're turning your feet over it when you're doing a 13-minute mile. I have not, no. No, up. I'm going to bet you're up around 190 steps a minute, maybe even more, because I know I'll get up to, well, if I get up to 180, that's about a sprint for me. But at a, at a long distance rates, I can do 160 and keep it up for a while. With me having the a foot advantage on you in height, uh, You've got to be you got to be turning them legs over pretty quick, young lady. I, I'm sure you are. Yes. Shorten your stride, especially concentrate on not taking a long forward step. If you shorten your stride, you'll increase your cadence. Other ways to increase your cadence: you got two pendulums. Well, you got four pendulums. You got two legs, two arms. The longer that pendulum is the harder it is to make it move fast. So if you keep your arms down by your side, your arms and your legs move at the same, at the same pace. You'll notice that your arms move with your leg. It's natural. You can fight it, but it's extremely inefficient. Bend at the elbow. 
bend at the elbow and shorten your arms. Shorten your arms makes it easier to move your arms faster and it'll make it easier to move your legs faster. Holly, when you're moving, when you're moving out, you got your arms bent? I do. I will say I will occasionally put them by by my side to loosen them if I start to get too stiff. Because if you do, if, if your arms are too stiff, one, you're fighting them as you're moving. Um, and two, you're going to throw out a shoulder or something from. Yeah. <laughs> so occasionally yeah. if I, I don't know, I'll put them down by my side just to wiggle them out a little bit and then get going again. Yeah. But I slow down when I do that. So. <laughs> You do. You do. I, I, when I do my run, walk, run intervals, my arms come down to my side. They're up at 90 degrees when I'm running. And then when I get to the walk there, I, I find I can, I can get to about 15 minutes a mile with my arms down by my side, but anything faster than that, I got to bend those elbows and shorten that pendulum. All right. So we talked about shortening your stride, increasing your cadence. The second hint I've got for people, the second tip I've got, and this is, again, is going to sound silly. People don't use their feet. Now, what do you mean you don't use your feet? You're walking, you're using your feet, of course. But most folks just kind of pick them up and put them down. If you want to increase your speed, you need to drive off your foot in the back. And when I say that, I'm going to use my hands here because nobody can see it, but it helps me to describe what it is I'm talking about. You hit with your foot. Try to hit with your foot as soft as you can in front. Michelle, last week, our PT was talking about running like a deer. I always try to listen to my footfall. I don't want to hear it. Okay, if I can hear my footfall, I'm landing too hard. I want to land as softly as I can. I try to land towards the front of my foot, but no matter what I do, I'm always going to hit heel first uh, a little bit. I don't want to hit with my toes up, but I'd like to hit with my foot flat on the ground. Then as you bring your foot back, don't just lift it, but literally roll your ankle, roll off your ankle, roll off your toes, and picture yourself pushing off of your big toe. And the other thing that helps me is I picture driving my knee forward. And by driving my knee forward, what I end up doing is bending my leg a little bit. And once again, I'm shortening that, shortening that pendulum, able to move my legs a little bit faster. So, Bob, I've got a question for you on that. So like, you know, I know sometimes when you try to walk fast, you, you have your knee locked, your everything's all stiff. What are you doing with that part of your body? I learned that the difference between power walking and speed walking is, you know, Jeff, Jeff likes to say that there's no definition of a runner. That's cool. But there are multi-page definitions of walkers. That's, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but there are rules that define walkers. Speed walkers must keep their legs straight, their knee, not locked, but their knee straight from the time that their leg is forward of their hip. I don't do that. I think, again, you run the risk of injury a little bit. I like to bend my knee and reach forward. And again, remember, we're not reaching very far forward. We're just kind of getting out past the hips just a little bit, maybe 20, 25 degrees. If you could draw a line down the center of your body, you don't, you don't want a 45, 45. You want most of the power behind you. And I like to bend my knee so I can hit the ground softer with my foot. Do you, do you know what you do, Holly? I roll my feet a lot whenever I walk. Part of that comes from marching band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, Holly, I was going to say the exact same thing. As soon as Bob started talking about the, the concept of rolling your feet, that is the, you know, the exact image that came in my head because, not to sound like a total music dork here, but I remember the first time 
that I ever marched on AstroTurf. I remember our instructors always said, listen, you need to pay more attention to your feet because the you can't hide in the grass. And if you want that smooth motion to keep your, your upper body controlled, instead of stepping, you need to roll. So no, that, that's a, a wonderful, wonderful analogy. And to go along with that, because I was on color guard and there were times when we had to get clear across the football field and 10 counts, we were told to lean forward a little bit. And when I was doing that, I leaned forward a little bit more. Um, however, I do notice that whenever I walk, if I have a slight lean forward, I can go faster. Whereas when I run, I run more straight up than down. I will tell you, I tend to be upright, but that's a personal thing. And if it works for you, that's perfect. Uh, that's the way to do it. Th this bit about rolling off your feet, if you'll feel it right away. And you want to concentrate. And when I throw in that bit about driving your knee forward, you want to concentrate on having this motion drive you forward and not up because you could roll off your feet and kind of bounce, but you want to use that all the way so you're pushing at the back. You'll feel it when you're doing it because you'll know right away you've picked up your walking pace if you do that. I was going to say walking and running, you definitely feel sore in different spots. Ah. <laughs> and if you're walking fast, you it's a totally different workout than whenever you're running or jogging. You remember where you where you felt it when you first started walking fast? The first place you felt it? I know exactly where I felt it. My shins for me. Was it? <laughs> yes. I, I, I feel it in my glutes. I feel it in my in my backside. Those muscles get really sore. Now, it doesn't take long for you to get used to it and, and build those muscles up. But yeah. You know, now that you say that, because I've done a lot more walking, preparing for dopey, like preparing for training for dopey. Um, when I was training previously, I was running, running, running. And then the occasional times when I would do more walking, I did. I felt it. I'm like, man. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It'll get your attention. Uh, yeah. So, hey, friends, if you try some of these and you feel it in your glutes, you're doing it right. <laughs> you're doing it right. And it's it's delayed onset muscle soreness. It'll go away. Um, Ali, you talked about interval walking a little bit before we started yeah so one of the things that I like to do if if I'm walking the 5k um, is I like to turn on my intervals not because I'm going to run um, run walk run walk but just so that if I get lost in thought it brings me back in to make sure that I'm still pushing um, so that I can speed up and move faster it just kind of keeps me on track so that I don't start slowing down too much. Yeah, and you kind of reminded me of two things. Walking at a fast pace takes more concentration than running. And for really fast paces, I it's like a golf swing. There's so many pieces to it. You got to keep them all in. Like, like we talked about your arms. Well, what you want to do is you want to drive your elbows back and keep your arms parallel to the side and don't cross over in front. And now I'm getting way too deep. But yeah, that interval thing. When I walked Jeff Galloway's half last December, I did that. I did what I call walk, walk, walk intervals <laughs> instead of run, walk, run. Uh, or I went two minutes as fast as I could walk. And then I did 30 seconds where I probably got back to a 14-minute pace or something like that. But it does take some concentration. So let me summarize. Shorten 
your stride. Do not overstride. You will slow yourself down and you'll increase your risk of injury. Shorten your stride with the idea of increasing your cadence. You can do cadence drills. Look them up in uh, Jeff's training plan for Disney. Roll off your foot. Use your feet. Push forward. Give it a try. Let me know how it works for you. And you don't have to be tall to do it. You can Thank still you. walk back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so hope you got something out of that. All right, my friends. So that's up with training. There's some of our suggestions on how to increase your walking pace. You've got them from a very tall person, a slightly shorter than average person. So chances are you're right in the middle somewhere. So these should help you out. So we're very pleased to have with us tonight, Matt Marcella. Now you may not know Matt's name, but I think there's a real good chance you've seen some of his work on social media. Uh, Matt's got the Team Run Disney Facebook group. He's got a whole bunch of other things. I don't know if there's enough hours in the day for all the stuff Matt does, but we're going to talk about some of that this evening. Matt, welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. All right. All right. Thanks. Well, uh, hey, let's start. You know, I usually start with guests. You're a Run Disney guy. I know when you started the Team Run Disney page. But when did you personally get involved with running at Disney? Ooh, it goes back uh, to 2011 was the first time I ever found uh, running at Disney. Uh, it was the wine and dine that year. And uh, I just happened to come across it. We were, when it was still a night race, right? It was. It was still a night race and a relay that year, too. Um, and so uh, we just we had a trip planned. And uh, it just so happened to coincide with the, the race going on that weekend. So I signed up for it. and. Uh, the rest is history from there. 2011. Were you a runner before then, Matt? I had been a runner um, for about 10 years before then, but I had just gotten into racing at that point. Um, there was just a long stretch that I went before I ever did my first race. Um, it wasn't something that had ever appealed to me for a long time. Yeah. I mean, we hear the same. We wait. It's, it's interesting. We get different stories from different people. So you, so you run Wine and Dine 2011, 2012. You set up the Team Run Disney Facebook group. You were one of the early adopters there, weren't you? We were. We started on uh, started on Twitter, actually. Uh, a lot of people had been conversing using that Run, Di Run Disney hashtag, and uh, we all just kind of noticed it was the same group of people that were conversing over and over. And uh just dawned on me that it, we needed somewhere that was easier to talk and Maybe start planning meetups and get to know each other a little better. So Facebook seemed like a natural progression from there. So we set up the group and uh, started with about 60 people maybe within the first week. And uh, it spread word of mouth and word of Twitter and uh, just continued to grow from there. And uh, now we're up to about, uh, I think it's 30,000 members now. Wow. That's a good story, Matt. That's great. Uh, I've I've been on that site for a while, but uh, I've been paying more attention since I, since I knew you were coming to the podcast here. Shucks, not only you've got that, but let's talk about some of the other things you've got going on. And I was playing with this earlier today. This is neat. Tell us about the, uh, the Dizbot, the uh, Disney's answer to Alexa, if you will. So one of the things I noticed in the group that happened frequently is people would come in 
And they'd constantly be like, I tried searching for this, but I can't find the answer anywhere. I looked on Run Disney and I can't find the answer. I tried Google and I can't find the answer. And people were really hesitant to like ask questions. And they were afraid, what are people going to think? Is it right there? And I'm just missing it. So I came up with the idea of having a bot. People could just go and type in questions and get the information they're looking for. But I didn't know how to do it. So just started jumping on Google, just started playing around, uh, found a couple different programs, gave it some trial and error, and then eventually was able to find the right connection. And uh, just it was able to build it from there. Uh, I was able to pull a lot of the information off of the Run Disney site. So that way people can go in and they can find the information a little bit easier without having to search around and try and figure out, okay, is it in the marathon section? Is it in the runner information section? Is it in the frequently asked questions? And then I also started adding in some stuff that's not necessarily on the Run Disney site, like where can I go and run on the running trails at one of the resorts around Disney? Or what do the course maps look like from last year? And I'm still working on trying to get this built to be a bigger, more functioning unit. And as they know, with the um, as they release the programs for the race weekends and stuff, I'm going to incorporate all that information in there so that people can go in, they can find out when the buses are running, where they have to go to meet them. Just the sort simple little stuff that only takes a couple of seconds. Now, Matt, to, to everyone's chagrin, though, uh, when I go to type in when will the springtime surprise themes be announced, I'm not getting an answer back because <laughs> I know everyone has been on pins and needles this week. So uh, so l- let us know when, when you have the crystal ball set up so you can tell us when themes get dropped and when medals get dropped. Sometime between now and April. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, we, we know when they're going to be dropped. We have no special inside knowledge, but we know our luck. We record on Tuesday for a Thursday release. They'll be dropped on a Wednesday. I can guarantee <laughs> it. That happened to us last time too. Hey, I was, yeah, I was playing with the Dispot earlier and questions like, uh, what are the expo hours or when is wine and dine weekend? And boom, boom, came back right away. Um, I asked it one of my, favorite questions that i see on facebook haven't seen it yet this year what will the weather be like on january 5th for the marathon (laughs) didn't have an answer didn't have an answer i love that question golly you get it and you're you're going to see it on the team run disney's i know you see it every year we'll see it on our facebook sites too absolutely i'm surprised nobody's asking yet yeah somebody's thinking about it my next favorite question comes in december you can set this one up right now too hey i haven't started training yet is it too late going back to your facebook page for a second obviously there's a lot of groups out there i mean and just in you know in the time that this podcast has been you know in existence you know we're chatting with you tonight we've chatted with the run dopey folks we've chatted with the princess folks and everything like that from your perspective, what would you say makes Team Run Disney unique or, 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 or what, what makes you stand out, say, opposed to all the other plethora of Facebook groups that are out there? I'd say ever since COVID started, it's been our virtual theme park runs that we've had. Um, I developed those as a way to try and keep people motivated when we didn't know the next time we'd be able to go to Disney, let alone the next time we'd be able to run at Disney. Um, and that's really been something that I've tried to build and expand and give people that kind of Disney feeling, but from home. Um, but before COVID, it was definitely, um, it was our group members. Uh, you know, 
it was a really tight knit community for the longest time. And unfortunately, Facebook has kind of trended downward a little bit, I've noticed. And trying to keep people involved has become a little bit more challenging. Um, trying to keep people interested in the run Disney aspect of it when so many things have changed has become a little more challenging. But I think that I'm starting to see a slow, gradual upturn again, and largely in part because of the virtual challenges that we have. Great, great segue, Matt. That was my next question I wanted to ask you about. Tell us about those virtual uh theme park challenges so when COVID started and everything was just shut down um right away my first instinct was that i wanted to have something where people could capture that disney experience and you know be able to do it from home and at first we started with just some more basic virtual fun runs that we did together um we did one one week uh that was take your Disney character with you on a run and snap a photo around your local running area so that other people could see where the group members were running um, and to see, you know, a little bit more personal side of group members. Uh, eventually, what happened is that uh, I looked at Laz, uh, the Barkley Marathon Laz. He had come up with he had his virtual race that he did the greatest virtual race across Tennessee. I think it was. Yeah. And it was this multi across Tennessee. Right. It sure was. Uh Yes. It was a multi-day challenge where people would go in, they'd enter their mileage in each day and they'd have to complete about 600 miles total. I think it was. Yeah. It was a long one. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And so I'm like, it would be great if we had a Disney world experience like that, where we could go in and we could virtually run around the parks and, get some kind of experience but the tennessee one didn't have a a visual aspect to it with disney you got to have something that's visual you got to have something that makes you feel like you're there and so we incorporated mile markers around each of the disney parks and just gave a way for people to feel like all right i ran three miles today let me see where i am in disney world and they could go in and they could plug in how many how many miles they had run and each day would tally it up and it would give them a point within the parks and they could see virtually where they were along the course. That's super cool. Good reaction to that, I'd imagine. It was. It was so good. Um, we started with our great race across Walt Disney World. Um, and that one, it was about every mile, it would change your location and you get to see a different site. And you can go back and you could repeat it and you can get a different experience the second time. But it wasn't great. Um, there were limitations that I had. So I went back in and I retooled it. And came out with our greatest virtual race cross, Walt Disney World. And that one gave us the ability to, every quarter mile, get a different perspective. We incorporated little surprises, little um, pop-ups that we'd have. uh, So people would be able to ride a Disney attraction if they stopped in front of it. Or experience a (laughs) night show like Fantasmic. And just little ways to bring more Disney to people when they couldn't have it. And from there, we branched out and we did one across Disneyland and then to Universal, and then back to Disney World, and we changed the whole setup, and it just became more of an instantaneous um, setup for people where they would enter their mileage in, and instantly they would have their spot pop right in front of them. That that sounds fantastic, Matt. I I got to admit, I've not done it, but I'm going to be looking into it, because that just sounds like a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, Bob, I did them. They were fun. I mean, I, I found... What I found out to do is I kind of look, I don't know if you want to call it a cheat. I go, I'm five miles between this point or a highway. I cut my miles back. I put in three miles so I know I'd stay in a park. 
because like you're entering Magic Kingdom and you do a five mile run. Oh, um, I just entered, but now I just exited it. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, with Disney, you run into the highways no matter how you do them, if you're running them in person or if you're running them virtually. They're there. And they go on forever sometimes. Well, the highways are, I always say this too to my friends when they're like, oh, the highway is coming up. I'm like, there's such cool stuff. You know, like they have the, I love when the monorail goes by and beeps at you or you see people waving at you. So the highways aren't so bad. I definitely agree, Allie. One of my favorite things is during wine and dine when we're on the highway. I, everybody doesn't, well, not everybody. Most people don't like that part, but I really enjoy it. I like getting to see more of the people and having more space. Um, I mean, the parks are great, obviously, but the highways, there's some good things there. I always love at the very end, whenever you go up the only incline of the um, Mm -hmm. races Uh and you can look over from the top and see Uh all of the people running below you. Yeah. It's fascinating. I'm not last. Yay. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I had a great idea, Matt. That sounds like fun, and uh, we're I'm I'm definitely going to play with that for sure. I got another one, Matt. And really, to be honest, this is this happened recently. The first time that John, I don't want to say introduced me to you, but said, "Hey, you need to look this up." And that's this uh, you have set up in Telegram and in Twitter for race capacity alerts to tell people when races become available. How does that work? Uh, that is a lot of Googling put into reality. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's something that came about because people always want to know when, when are the races going to reopen? They're sold out, but they've got to reopen, right? I mean, it's run Disney. They always reopen. They always do. Yep. They and do. It, yeah, they do. And but there's never a way for people to know. And they used to have that nice little percentage bar that would tell you when a race was going to fill up. And that way, and that just drove people to hit refresh over and over. And I was like, man, like I feel so bad. I don't want people to sit there wasting their time just refreshing, waiting for that magic, you know, register now button to come up. And uh, so. It was another thing where it's just, I looked on Google, just started looking to see what I could do and figured out how to get notifications to come through. Um, It takes a series of different programs that I use in order to get the notifications out there. But um, that's one thing that I'm definitely pleased with because it seems to be something that's at least helped a couple of people that they've been able to get the registrations that they've been looking for. People on this podcast, Matt. I was just going to (laughs) say thank you for creating that because I didn't get into Dopey originally, but in large part to your um, Twitter announcements, I got into Dopey later. So thank you. Fantastic. And I want to say that it got me in trouble because I was not signed up for the Princess 5K. And then I saw the notification and I just was like, I'm just doing it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for the 5k and now i'm in for another day of hotels and another park day but no i'm just kidding i love it it's a really really great fantastic thing and i'm keeping my notifications on all the time because i'm looking for um, a dopey bib for heidi and i'm looking for 5ks for jen for princess and heidi so so yeah so it's actually really really cool and really helpful i had it set but i didn't notice it for some reason i'm i'm not on twitter that much and uh I had people email, not emailing me, texting me. Say, hey, Bob, guess what? This is opened. So bravo, man. That 
that is a big help to us run Disney fanatics and we appreciate it. I don't know if we mentioned to listeners how to use that. Could you do that real quickly? Sure. There's uh there's two different ways, like you mentioned. Uh one of them is on Twitter. Uh if you follow the account run dis reg status, it's uh R U N D I S R E G S T A T U S. Uh, and then make sure that you have notifications turned on for Twitter, and then you're going to turn alerts on for the account. That will send notifications. The other is that we have a Telegram channel. Uh, it's also the same Rundiz Reg status. Um, we have links on our website. We also have links in our group to make sure people can find it easy. Telegram's a little bit of a new one, uh, but I do recommend people use the Telegram one if they're looking for notifications. It's much more reliable. Twitter can sometimes block our tweets. So I manually have to make sure that I'm getting the tweets out to people. Telegram is completely automated and it doesn't ever miss a beat. So it's the way to go. Yeah, Good to using, know. yeah it is. I was using Telegram earlier tonight for the Dizbot. And- that was working great. Yeah, I think that was also was really good that I saw you did recently is you put those maintenance notifications in because that was a crazy, oh, it's open, it's closed, it's open, it's closed all the time. Those quick 10-second uh, opens and closes coming in. Yeah, unfortunately, Run Disney's a little bit funny with their website, and you'll get these random sold-out notifications, and for some reason, they flip things to, say, registration opening soon, and it, it causes so much confusion sometimes. So just to try and help clear that up a little bit. Well, it certainly is helpful. Matt, obviously, I know you probably don't have any inside information. And I know we we don't like to bill ourselves as a speculative podcast. But in creating your tools as it relates to the race availability, do you have any sense of like probably like the data that you have in terms of like, is there a particular day that if there is availability, it comes, uh, you know, it does become available or have you learned of, you know, is there like a correlation between like maybe a charity not keeping the bib anymore and then they put it for sale? With your data, have you been able to figure out any, I guess, trends as to how and when these races do become available after they are quote unquote sold out after the initial registration? So I wish I had a better answer for this, but unfortunately I don't. Um, it seems to be very random. Um, I haven't seen anything that really trends to let us know like, okay, something may be coming up this week or something may be coming up today. It really is hit or miss. The only trend that I've ever kind of noticed has been during the day, we'll see Run Disney flip over and it'll say registration opening soon and then sold out. And they'll be doing what looks like maintenance on the site. Nearly every time they've done that, at least one race has reopened long enough for people to start registering again. Uh, sometimes more um, before marathon weekend reopened uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a lot of that trending back and forth with the opening soon to sold out. And then it happened. And then same thing with princess. It's not always a guarantee, but at least it gives me an idea of something might be coming so that that way I can make sure that in our group, I'm letting people know that it's available. And I make sure that the bots are tweeting out and posting the way they should be. You talked about this quite a bit. But I want our listeners and maybe some of your team run Disney gang, because I know your website is fairly new. In fact, I, well, you just, uh, I think you just announced it in the last day or two, right? That's correct. Yeah, last night. How about summarizing uh, how to get to it and what, and I know you have talked about this already, but let's kind of tie it in a bow here as we get towards the end. Uh, what can people find at the website? The website will have direct links to our Facebook group, our 
social media through Instagram. Um, it'll have links to the virtual challenges. It has links to the bots themselves, both the notification bots and the uh, run dis bot as well. Um, and everything's just in one nice, easy to find location at teamrundisney.com. You can go there. You can join the group directly from there and find all the other information that you need right there. And you sell stuff there too, don't you? We have a couple of things. Uh, we have a uh, little shop that we have set up there for some Team Run Disney running gear that we have. Matt, a lot of neat things going on. Uh, what's your upcoming running plans? You got any uh, runs at Disney coming up? Next one for me will be uh, Dopey Number 10 coming up in January. Dopey Woo! Number 10. Wow. Wow. So you're perfect. I am. Outstanding. Dopey Number 10. Perfect Dopey. That's cool stuff. Okay. It's been fun. We got a tradition here with guests. You don't get away without answering Allie's rapid fire questions. Okay. So since you are perfectly dopey, I want to know which race of the dopey race weekend is your favorite to do? The marathon. All right. <laughs> park open or sleep in? Uh, park open. Okay. Fast pass or genie plus? Fast pass all the way. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, and what's your favorite snack at Disney? Got to be a Dole Whip float. Yeah. Oh, we brought it with the float. I like that. Um, and so the last question is, who is your favorite race character stop? Like, who do you have to stop for every time? Uh, I've only stopped for a couple. The only one I would ever have to stop for would probably be Mickey Mouse. Oh, the classic. Yeah. Awesome. You did great. Acceptable. I was sending you goofy vibes, but you weren't picking up. But that's okay. <laughs> oh, man. Matt, has been fun. You Like I said at the top, you got a lot going on. Um, we're going to link to a bunch of this in the show notes, listeners. Check this stuff out. Check the T Team Run Disney site out, the bot. Check out the virtual runs. Check out Matt's webpage. And eh, if you're over there, take a look in his store, too. Matt, thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you marathon weekend. Thank you very much for having me. It's been great. Well, as always, we appreciate Matt spending the time with us. I found it really interesting. He's got a lot of balls in the air, and he's got a lot of things that really help the run Disney community. Not to mention, I think, I know we tease Alicia all the time about this, but I think she actually owes Matt a margarita uh, from Dockside <laughs> because of uh, th that bot helping her out. What do, what do you say, Alicia? I can agree to that one. Okay, girl. We're not, well, I was going to say we're not going to hold you to it, but it's recorded now, so I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's great. Moving right along. We've got some merchandise news coming up. Now, we're not quite ready yet, but it's coming soon. I designed a shirt. <laughs> it's very soft. It is a sport shirt, so it is moisture wicking and comes in a variety of colors. And if you want to check it out what might be coming, check out our Instagram and Facebook page. Um, and you can see kind of a preview of what we'll be having. So we're just getting the pre-order stuff together and it should be open soon. We're not quite sure when, but I'm sure we'll let you know. And something else we should uh, let you guys know is that they run pretty true to the run Disney sizes, maybe a little bit looser. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Alicia yeah. Point that, pointed that out and that is absolutely right. And if you 
when we have the site up and running, we'll have a size chart on there and they do run very true to the sizes that are on there. So if you take your measurements of a shirt that you like the size of, um, they're pretty much accurate of what is laid out there on that on the site. Perfect. If this helps at all, I, I've started ordering double XLs from Disney because they're they're not that big, but these XLs fit me very, very well. And that's what I typically wear. So I think the sizing is pretty good on them. So we'll have that soon, maybe even before next episode. We'll have to see. Please stay tuned to our social media pages for that. We're pretty excited about it. Thank you guys for all the hard work you've done on that. So we've got that to look forward to. Not only that, but our buddy Pam from Fluffy Fizzies has a deal for our listeners. Allie, you got details on that one? Yeah, Pam put together a special soap and bath bomb just for us. And it's super cute. And it looks like little medals that say Rise and Run. And it's the Bounce Back Muscle Formula, which is what I used last year for the Goofy Challenge to kind of revive my feet in between. Um, so when there was like a few episodes back, well, a while back, when me and Pamela were talking about how we fill our bathtubs at the resorts, and use the fluffy fizzies. That's the one that I always use because that one, like, I don't know, it just has all the ingredients in it that like get your feet back to where they were. They It's the bounce back formula. So she made us our special um, rise and run soaps and bath bombs in that formula. And, um, and they're really cute. And we hope that you guys enjoy them and we hope they get you through your training. So, um, and if you go there, make sure to use our coupon code that it says that you're one of our listeners because it'll give you 10% off. So that's happy running, all one word. And it's fluffyfizzies.com. So yeah, we hope you'll like those new things that she put out for us. Upcoming shows next week. This should be fun. Jill Angie, not your average runner. If you haven't listened to her podcast, go ahead and look for it. Apple, Spotify, wherever finer podcasts are sold. Give Jill a listen. And then she'll be with us next week. Week after that, Coach Chris Twiggs comes back. Not so much to talk training this time, but to talk about his experience at the Hard Rock 100 race out in Colorado. The week after that, Martinez Evans, 300 pounds and running, is with us. And we want to remind you one more time, and we're going to beat you over the head with this one. Episode 50, Ask Us Anything. Send us your questions by Audio or video file if you can, but if you just want to send us an email, send any or all of that to the gang at riseandrunpodcast.com. We want to hear from you and we want to answer as many questions as we can. They can be they can be run Disney related questions, they can be personal questions. We don't care. You can ask us anything. We don't have to answer, but you can ask us anything. You want to throw some rapid fire questions at us? Go right ahead. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Put us in the hot seat. Yeah. You should line up about eight or ten for Allie. I think that's only fair. (laughs) Okay, my friends, it is time for the race report. On Saturday, up in Cape Elizabeth, Maine, uh, it was warmer. I saw, you know, our friends who ran up there said it was pretty warm, even though they were up there in Maine. Up in they're up in Acadia National Park, I believe. Uh, beautiful photo. That's a beautiful area. I've been there. It's been a long, long time, but that's very pretty. Anyway, the Beach to Beacon 10K occurred up there. Jennifer ran it. She finished in 
under 45 minutes. Oh yeah, that's I know I know which Jennifer that is. Yep. I have my notes here. Jennifer under 45. Oh, that's really fast. Oh yeah. Jennifer's fast. Jennifer was on the race report spotlight not too long ago. Finished uh and this is a pretty competitive daggum group up there because under 45 minute 10k, Jennifer finished 21st in her age group. Now, that's 21st out of 613. So that's pretty impressive. Uh Rachel was there. Rachel ran it. Caitlin ran it with her husband. They posted some finisher photos. So we had a couple folks up there in Cape Elizabeth. All of them seemed to enjoy it. Also on Saturday, the Groundhog 10K in Kansas City, Missouri. Our buddy Mandy was there. Didn't see any comments from Mandy this week. Uh, I'm sure she did it. I'm sure she smoked it. Mandy's a good runner also. And our friend Judy from down around my area ran the freaking hot 5K at Starkey Park in Newport, Ritchie, Florida, just a little bit north of here. And it was pretty hot that day, although if they got the 5K started at a decent hour in the morning, I don't think it was too bad. And then we got one more event for Saturday. Way up in Alaska, Shalene did the Alaska Distance Classic Double Up, a 5K and a 10K. It was up in the Anchorage area. And I thought it was kind of neat that the 5K starts and then 45 minutes later, the 10K starts. So you got to get back and get going. But something special happened, and Shalene is actually here with us from Wasilla, Alaska, to tell us about it. Shalene, how you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm, I couldn't pass this up. Uh, I will start with my typical question. Shalene, how long you been running? When did you get started? I had a bit of a rocky start to running. I've started and stopped a bunch of times, probably like a lot of us kind of always wanted to take up running, but never really thought I could do it. So it wasn't until uh, that I finally stuck with it. My first half marathon was a run Disney race, like a lot of us. Oh. Um, I had signed up for several big races over the years when I was having my kids, ran some 5Ks in college and law school just for fun. But then when I figured out you could run through the castle, couldn't resist. Yeah. So I did uh, a yeah. princess 2019. That's a long, that's a long trip for you. Yeah, it is. It, we, it was my sister-in-law and I, and we actually were planning to sign up the year before for a Disneyland race. Uh, I was living in Las Vegas at the time, so not such a long trip. Oh, okay. No, that's, and yeah, there you go. Yeah. We waited for registration to open and it never did. And they went away. So we missed our chance. Then I moved to Alaska, but I was determined we were going to get there. So it is a long trip to Florida from here, but it's worth it. Good for you. We'll we'll talk more about that later. Let's talk about the 5K. Well, first of all, the 5K goes off, and then you've got 45 minutes to get back and get ready for the 10K. How'd the 5K go? The 5K went great. I knew I had that 45-minute limit, and I'm not super fast. Then I wanted some time in between to kind of reset and everything. So I had my plan going into the race was to kind of go all out on the 5K, I was going to do a new magic mile, which I did. And I beat my old one by four seconds. So that's that's something. But uh, so the 5K, I finished with plenty of time and um, decided to wait in the long bathroom line and go to my car and take off a jacket and everything. So I was a little late starting the 10K. Okay. All right. Set me up for being running alone. (laughs) Oh, no. I didn't know that. Now, these. These occurred, and I was reading about it, 
on trails around uh, APU and the University of Alaska. Is that pretty much correct? Yeah, that's right. And I, I, I live out in Wasilla, which is about an hour away from Anchorage. So I'm not really familiar with those trails. I knew that it was kind of a wooded area, but it was starting and finishing right there by um, the big Alaska Airlines Center right there on the college campus. Yeah. You know, which, you know, you would think you got college campuses, you got trails, you'd think, okay, this sounds like a nice place to run. Tell us what happened. Well, I, as I was saying, I kind of got off to a little bit of a late start. You have five minutes to cross the start line once they start. And so I kind of had decided I was going to be doing my intervals and going a little slower and um, started at the back of the pack. After, after the main crowd had gone, I went ahead and started and I was kind of taking my time back with the stragglers, but we all ended up pretty spaced out. And I'd thought a time or two running through those woods, like, hey, I might spot some wildlife out here. But I, I was about four miles into the 10K and it was pretty densely wooded on both sides of this narrow trail, um, kind of a walking path, um, pretty narrow. And luckily I was wearing my shocks, not earbuds, so I could hear that's right. right. I have learned that's that good. in Alaska. You do need to be aware of your surroundings. <laughs> yes, which you I do. will from now on too. And I heard a noise to my left, very sudden noise in the trees. Turned and looked, and there was a bear coming out of the trees. It it Holy it couldn't smokes. have been more than five feet away from me. Oh my goodness. It was right there. Um, and I think I startled it as much as it startled me because i i jumped and screamed bear (laughs) very loudly i can can imagine what happened then i kind of i kind of took off running a few steps ahead because i was so close you're never supposed to run from a bear Uh, and i know this but i was Mm -hmm. so close i i'm glad i didn't stay frozen for long i ran 10 or so steps ahead and turned around to keep an eye on the bear and was going to walk backwards. And I was so afraid as I was turning around, I thought that bear was going to be charging me. I was so and there's still no, there's still nobody else around no, no other people. There around, was right? a runner a ways ahead of me. And there was a group of runners pushing a stroller a ways behind me. I could see them, but they were away a ways back there. So I was also yelling bear the whole time to warn everybody. And, um, when I turned around, it was in, it had jumped back into the trees a little bit and they were so dense. I couldn't really see it. Um, but it had been right there on the trail. So I didn't want anyone to go running past. So I was waving my arms, yelling bear, but you know, runners are, they're in a race. They, they, they're like, Oh, she saw a bear down away, you know, and they are still coming. So I'm telling them stop, (laughs) stop running. Um, my goodness. So they, they did stop and walk kind of cautiously up to where the bear had gone. And he he was just starting to say, uh, you know, maybe you scared it away when you yelled and it came bounding out onto the path, right in between the two of us. And it was a big full size black bear. Oh Um, man. So at that point we all just kind of froze and then quickly started yelling at the bear um, they had a stroller and so they backed up pretty quick and he put the stroller behind him and it was kind of looking in their direction. So I was kind of walking towards them, yelling bear, trying to scare it the other way. And it's right, right about then a baby bear followed, 
it out of the trees. And then oh, we knew my. we were in real trouble because it was a mama bear yeah, with a cub. Right. Which right. can be quite ferocious protecting the cub. But uh, but luckily, I think having people on both sides of her yelling, she just wanted to protect that cub. And she continued on into the trees the other direction and kept walking. And we all breathed a very large sigh of relief. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's <laughs> I, I read... Uh... I read your post on Facebook, but what a story. My goodness. Um, uh, you're right. I, you know, I, maybe, you know, this, maybe you don't. I lived in Alaska a long time ago. I was assigned there in the army and uh, I know what you're talking about. You're not supposed to run from a bear, but what's your initial reaction? Get the heck out of here. Oh, especially that close. Every scenario I ever pictured was seeing it down the trail a ways. Uh, you know, where you kind of have time to decide I'm going to go the other way or scare this bear away. But I never pictured it being that close without me knowing. It just came right right through the trees, right there. Wow. How'd you gather your composure to finish the race? Um, <laughs> I, I, I was kind of a mess. The, the people that were around me kind of, they moved on pretty quick and seemed to... Um, you know, say we're fine. But I've been in Alaska only four years. I've never seen a bear that close. It really startled me. So I tried to kind of use the adrenaline at first and took off running and <laughs> yeah, had a pretty fast right. mile right there. But then, yeah, I'll bet. then I quickly kind of found myself alone running again. And the trail kind of wound around back towards the direction we'd come from. And I was thinking we're right over where the bear went. So I stopped and waited on the trail for that group behind me and then just walked walked it out with them until we got back out to the main roads and then then finished the race very smart very smart well congratulations on finishing the double up congratulations yeah. on having a story that you are going to repeat many times throughout your life i'm you sure i will other runners oh i'm sure <laughs> yeah. you will and so bob this was in alaska not wyoming in yellowstone park where she saw yogi bear and boo-boo <laughs> <laughs> they were after picnic baskets right yep yeah, yeah. well uh Kristen from run fit mama actually she's my strength training coach she yeah. actually told me i was a little traumatized on sunday i think on saturday i was kind of in shock and sunday it really kind of hit me how serious it could have been runners have been attacked up here some have died it can't could have been serious and she kind of told me think of it as a uh you had a nice little Winnie the Pooh character stop on your race and just get on with your running <laughs> and carry bear yeah. spray next time, even if it's an organized yeah. race. I always have bear spray, but in an organized race with hundreds of runners, I didn't think I needed it, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. apparently mm -hmm. you do. No, in I understand. So. <laughs> I guess you do. Well, great story. Thanks for sharing. Hey, what's in the future for you, Shalene? What runs do you have coming up? Uh, well, the big one is Dopey that I'm training for. Um, I, it'll be we'll my first Dopey. So along the way, okay. I'm doing a half marathon in St. George, Utah in October that I'm really excited for. I did that one last year, so I'm excited to go back. And then um, the Honolulu marathon as part of my training in December Honolulu. that Jeff Galloway gave me permission to do on your podcast. He he sure did. Yeah. He asked about it. Jeff said, yeah, go to. Yeah, I've got to get out of the anyway, ice up though, here in darkness and head somewhere warm <laughs> yeah. for some training. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's a good one. That's near and dear to my heart. That's a good run. You are going to enjoy it. Okay. Well, Jalene, thank you so much for sharing that great story. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time. We look forward to seeing you at Walt Disney World Marathon weekend. Yes, it'll be fun to meet all of you in person.
Okay, let's take a look at Sunday. We got a couple runners on Sunday. First, our buddy Jeff out in Indiana was running in Chicago, Illinois. Last week, Justin finished at uh, Fenway Park. This week, Jeff finished at Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago when he was doing the Run Your Socks Off 5K. Socks as in Chicago White Sox. Good job, Jeff. We'll be talking to Jeff next week on the Race Report Spotlight. Speaking of the spotlight, also on Sunday, the OC Fair 5K in Costa Mesa, California. Ruth ran that, and Ruth is doing the Rise and Podcast thing this morning because she's out on the West Coast, and she got up early to talk to us and be in the Race Report Spotlight. Ruth, thanks for joining us. Glad you're here. Oh, thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here, Bob. It's fun. We enjoy it. I, I tell you, I always ask the same first question, which is kind of boring, but I, I like the fact that we get to know our listeners, and they all have such a different running background. So let's open up the way I open up with everybody. Ruth, how'd you get started with running? Well, I was actually um, a swimmer as a kid and did synchronized swimming for seven years and uh, took a break in high school because I didn't want to be in athletics. But in college, I started running just to stay in shape. And my boyfriend, who's now my husband, Ken, talked me into running uh, my first 5K when I was about 23 Uh, 24. And then I ran my first marathon two years after. So I've actually been running 30 years. Yeah, I love it. Now you're, are you still out near Disneyland? I know you lived in Anaheim or close to Anaheim at one time. Yeah, I grew up in Anaheim. We lived about three miles from the park. And I actually worked at the park when I was in Ah. high school. Um, What'd you you do? I actually worked uh, in New Orleans Square. So I worked in the retail shops. I was a perfume blender. And at the time they had a great hat shop uh, and worked in the pirate shop, worked the parades, uh, grew up. Uh, Disney is a huge part of my childhood and uh, and adulthood, like the rest of us, I think, <laughs> on the podcast. So, yeah, um, loved uh, have loved Disney for a long time. And actually did uh, many of the races when the uh, runs were in Anaheim. Uh, my first race was in 2010, and I ran 14 races. Yeah, loved, loved uh, 14. races. Mm-hmm. 14, wow. Well, I, we should. We all hope they come back out to the West Coast. Uh, I know I'd like to do one out there at least before I give up this running stuff. So, Ruth, you said you've done 14 Disney races all on the West Coast, or have you been down to Florida or Paris or one of those? So I ran 14 in California, and then I've run now four in Florida. So in 2017, they finished, that was the last year uh, they did them on the West Coast. And then I started heading out um, to Florida. Uh, I've done Wine and Dine, Princess, and I've done uh, the Walt Disney World Marathon once, and I'm signed up again for next year. So excited about doing that. You're you're coming in January? Yes, can't Uh, wait. Good. We'll see you there. We're all going to be there. Awesome. Yeah, we look forward to that. Um, so listen, you've done a couple of, of neat races. You did the Vancouver Marathon a couple weeks ago. I did that on May 1st. Oh, it's been and, a little while. Okay. Yeah, May 1st. And that that was my 14th full. And I'd never been to Vancouver, which was amazing. Uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful city and just a beautiful, really beautiful course. 
just had a great had a great experience. Uh, got a little bit of bursitis in my knee, um, but not nothing too serious. Just uh, overuse and maybe not getting the miles, all the miles that I needed training wise. But I had a great great time there. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know you put some nice photos up of that. And then last weekend you ran the OC. I assume that's Orange County, right? The right. OC 5K. Yeah. And uh, it was your first run, walk, run race, wasn't it? Right. So I think through your podcast, you know, I've, I've been familiar with Jeff Galloway and had used his run, walk, run coming back from injury, but had never really used it for racing. And I thought it'd be a good experiment to, you know, try it and see as I'm, as I'm getting older and really wanted to reduce the chance of getting injured and, and for other kind of health reasons. And so, yeah, I did the run, walk, run uh, for the Orange County Fair 5K. It was really fun race through the fairgrounds. So right now the Orange County Fair is going on in Costa Mesa. And so it was fun. We got to run through where all the games are and the rides and uh, really a yeah, fun family uh, 5K. And it was, it was hot, although probably not by Florida standards. <laughs> For California, it was hot. Ruth, I have an expression. If, if it's hot to you, it's hot. I don't care what the temperature is because we all we all acclimate to different things. So if you thought it was hot, it was hot. It was uh, hot. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and you know, you finished sub 30, which I think is kind of a benchmark. I think that's a pretty good pace. Well, you know, it's funny as runners, right? We we like our stats. Um, I kind of looked back at what I've done the last two years. I haven't done a lot of fast racing, you know. So I think for the first one, considering the heat, I'm happy with how it went. I went out a little too fast. And then also I, you know, got a rookie mistake with my – I got the um, – pedometer or the the Galloway t- uh, timing mechanism right the, the gym boss the g- gym boss and I forgot I should have like probably gotten some batteries for it because I thought it died <laughs> but it did it so I I kind of you know I fumbled a little bit and then having to get over to the the side you know just the logistics of doing run walk run if you've never done it you have to kind of experience what that's like and so it was it was a good experiment for me i i think my first mile was like an 848 so i was just really fast and then of course i i burned out a little bit (laughs) the other two miles so you know like every race right there's always great lessons that we can learn and make adjustments so yeah it was it was uh it was a really fun morning and i'm glad i did it you did good thank you you. we're proud of you um and now you're in customized training plan with Coach Twiggs and a whole bunch of the rest of us. Yes. Uh, just started that? Started it actually um, after the marathon as I was coming back from the bursitis. So I've been signed up since June and I plan to do it through Walt Disney World. So I'll probably renew and do another six months. But it's been great working with Chris. And I love, uh, you know, the fluctuations of the training based on different races. And I have a two-week trip to Italy coming up in October. So really helpful, right, just to have someone to help oh, it is. modify. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, somebody to adjust that schedule for you so you don't have to guess what to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you're in, Ruth. You, start going to those meetings. The, uh, <laughs> the, I call them the West Coast meetings at night. You'll... You'll really enjoy Perfect. it. And it's, and it's, and I'll tell you what, you know, I've done this for a while and I've met Jeff many times and spoken with him many times. I learn something every week, just about when I show yeah. up on the Tuesday morning ones, uh, listening to Chris talk to the other runner. Oh, that's great. 
Uh, what do you got coming up, Ruth? You already told us about coming to uh, to Disney in January. Anything else in the interim? Yes, I have uh, in two weeks. I have the Aloha 10K, which is in Long Beach, California. And I'm going to run with my son. I have uh, two sons. My 23-year-old son's a collegiate athlete, so he's going to run too. And then I'm thinking about signing up for um, the San Diego Thrive Half Marathon, which is in November, uh, uh, November 12th. So I, I want to try to test run, walk, run on all the distances. And I thought it'd be a good practice for the full, you know, to do a longer distance with a ratio that may be similar, more similar to what I'm going to do race day. Well, once again, here's the beauty. You let Coach Twiggs know about that, and he'll rearrange your schedule so that 13 is the right distance for that day. That's Absolutely. It. Yeah. Well, Ruth, thanks for getting up so early and talking to us. You're once welcome. Again, we had a wonderful time, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in January. Wonderful. Thanks so much, guys. Let's take a look at the upcoming week. Now, this is the first week where we're using our recreated race report. So I hope I got everybody in here. But if I missed someone, please let us know. And we'll add you next week when we talk about who finished the events. On Friday, our friend Tommy, Tommy with an I, Tommy is a woman, the Cedar Breaks at Night Half Marathon in Utah. I assume it's Cedar Breaks, Utah. On Saturday... Our friend Jeff is running the Wolfstock Survivor 5K and Dog Walk in Fishers, Indiana, of course. Jeff's going to be with us on the spotlight next week. We're going to have to ask him how come there are so many runs in Fishers, Indiana. I think it's kind of neat, but there are a bunch of them there. Also on Saturday, the Midsummer Nights Run 5K in Lexington, Kentucky. Cody's doing that. The Jolly Roger 5K in Palmyra, New York. Brian and Karen are doing that one. And here's one we all wish we were doing. And I don't know when it's actually going to be. We've got it down for Saturday, but that's not right. Alicia, not our Alicia here, a different Alicia, because our Alicia here wishes she was running this one too. The Castaway K 5K. You got to be on the Disney cruise to run the Castaway K 5K. I... I don't know if they're back to the way they used to be or not. Alicia maybe can tell us. I know when I did it last year. Yeah, it was it was organized, but it was a, a show up, do it on your own, and then you got your medal when you got back. So we'll see how they're doing those. Uh, let's see. We're still on Saturday now. The Antigo Tater Trot 10K in Antigo, Wisconsin. I hope I'm saying that right, A-N-T-I-G-O. Jay's running that. On Sunday, Kristen's running the Leadville Trail 10K in Leadville, Colorado, advertised as the country's highest 10K. Average elevation for this 10K, 10,000 feet above sea level. Good for you, Kristen. That would be, for this uh, sea level guy here, that would be nearly impossible. That concludes the race report. Greg, how's the... Challenge, how's your Peloton challenge going with our friends over at Will Run For? It's going swimmingly. Uh, a lot of people are getting involved with it. Like I said, you know, this time around, it's not necessarily the head to head competition between Tom and I. 
it's more of a community-wide effort. You know, we want to get listeners of our podcast as well as Will Run For uh, involved in this. So again, if you're looking into the particulars of the challenge, um, thanks to Lexi, because again, I am a geriatric millennial and don't know how to save stories uh, to highlight. Uh, it gives a breakdown of all five pillars of the challenge. It includes doing a couple of Disney rides, uh, doing rides with uh, almost every instructor um, that does the Peloton cycling classes, making sure you can get 100 miles. You can get all the details there uh, and you know use that awesome template that listener Kate made for us. Uh, and then you can post that to our Instagram stories and make sure you're tagging us as well as uh, the Will Run For podcast using the hashtag Will Rise and Peloton Foe. Foe. F-O. Not F-O-R. F-O. Good. That's, that sounds like a neat activity. All right, my friends. Uh, this is the sad part of the night as episode 44 draws to a close. Hey, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Rise and Run Podcast on Facebook and Rise and Run Pod on Instagram. Share us. Tell your friends about us. Take us along with you on your long training runs. We'll be out there. We'll be out there doing them too, I promise. Okay, my friends. And you know that if you run, you are our friend. That wraps it up for this episode. We look forward to talking with you again next week. And until that time, happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer. 